0: I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the author of fifteen books, a sixteenth on its way, her memoir, and she's the subject of a documentary and so much more. She's award-winning uh, podcaster and she's uh, award-winning uh, all types of writing over the years. She is terrific. terrific. Dr. Florence <laughs> Byham Weinberg is our host each and, each and every week. Doc, how are you? Doc. I'm doing okay. Thank you very much. Well, listen, it's um, uh, it's it's good to talk to you. And as we uh, as we talk, it's winter here in New York, and it's uh, it, you know, I guess it's winter all over. But I mean, it's real winter now, and it's it's we're in the twenties, and we're getting snow. And we got snow coming down. Uh, what's your weather like over there?
1: Well, <laughs> we've had some of it here Check. where we're not used to it. So that's what I'm going to start off talking about anyway.
0: Yeah, well, it's so, we have a big advantage over you. We're used to it.
1: Yes, yes, and we certainly are not. That's the sad part. Uh, we have been so lackadaisical here. We've planted all these subtropical and tropical plants in our yards uh, where we can't really protect them. And uh, uh, so uh, they're being bumped off <laughs> by the arctic blasts that have come through here uh but anyway i will get started with my formal presentation of what's been going on here all right well uh,
0: terrific uh here we go
1: okay most of the nation has experienced severe weather this past week this is to be expected after all it's january (laughs) But here in Texas, and that includes my own city of San Antonio, we are still suffering from PTSD, as one news commentator put it, in reaction to what happened two years ago in February. Our temperatures went to zero. We had snow, and the bitter weather lasted nearly a week. Somewhere between 300 and 800 people froze to death. You see, Texas housing developers don't, uh, don't bury sewage and water pipes underground the way they do in more northerly states. They shoot them across the house above the ceilings. Yeah. So if the temperature falls below freezing and stays there, the pipes freeze and break when the water freezes and turns to ice because it swells in size. Then when a slight thaw comes, or heat from the rooms below reach them, they pour water through their cracks, and the sheetrock ceilings buckle, deluging the people below, and then it freezes again. And so they die. I'm lucky to live in a very old house, (laughs) as they say here in San Antonio, (laughs) Uh, built in the 1950s (laughs) before builders had caught on to the money and time-saving method of installing the pipes above the ceilings. Mine are properly buried. Also, the electrical grid for the entire state failed in uh, 2021. How did that happen? Well, Texas prides itself on having once been an independent republic for a troubled decade from 1836 right after the Battle of the Alamo to to 1846 when it failed and joined the Union. It's the only state that can make that claim and it it still wants the world to know. (laughs) Many of its decisions are rooted in this pride, such as deciding to go it alone when it comes to supplying its people with electricity. In 2021, when winter storm Uri struck our electrical grid was not winterized, so it froze and so did, it, so did the people. Our governor, Greg Abbott, promised to fix the problem, but two years and several legislative sessions later, it remains, <coughs> pardon me, it remains largely unfixed. Private industry has taken care of some of the lack, winterizing in some places and especially adding more power sources wind, and solar. It is these renewables co- <laughs> have treated as stepchildren here in Texas, where the petroleum industry rules, it rules the government too, that supplied enough extra energy this time to save us from more blackouts and freezes. Governor Abbott's attention has been elsewhere. On our border with Mexico, where according to the last figure I've seen, He has spent upwards of $9 billion, and that's billion, of taxpayer money on Operation Lone Star, telling us all that he is taking care of the problem of the Biden administration's, and I quote, open border, unquote, by sending sending thousands of illegal immigrants to democratic states like, not states, democratic cities like Chicago and New York, to show those s.o.b.s what it's like to be invaded as he says mm. the other result no other result of the expenditure has been noted however the victim cities are of course overwhelmed and the emigrants uh, are cold hungry and homeless and clueless about what to do next somewhere in the past week I saw that the number of immigrants to cross the border in 2023 was over 750,000. That's the population of a small city like, say, Ithaca, New York. Abbott's other prime focus besides the border has been on passing a law that permits vouchers to substitute for the requirement that Texas children attend school. So parents will have the option or the freedom, as he calls it, to send their children to private schools instead of using the public school system. He himself had a private school education, attending Catholic schools. He therefore has no idea what the public education system is like, most likely sharing the uh, right-wing ideas about subversive teaching on race and sexuality. Texas school teachers are suspected of being woke, a frightening state of mind where a teacher conveys dreadful information about Texas being a slave state and homosexuality being a communicable disease. Right now, public school districts are struggling with a sudden loss of about $200 million per year in federal special education funding. This was the worst possible time for this to happen. Our schools have adopted deficit budgets because of inadequate funding from the state since there have been no increases for teachers or school buildings and equipment since 2019, and costs have been rising naturally. Schools in San Antonio have been closing or consolidating because of shortfall for that very reason, and this government cutback will be disastrous, especially for special needs students. The cuts are to the School Health and Related Services, or SHARS, uh, a federal special education program that allowed schools to receive Medicaid reimbursements for providing required health services. This is not a, a program of extras, but of necessities like special physical therapy, tube feeding, catheterization, and diaper changes. Way back in 2017, the Department of Health and Human Services, that's the federal department, audited how the Texas Health and Human Services Commission was billing the federal government for the state's school-based health services. The inspection revealed that Texas was improperly coding services as medical and receiving overpayments. Our Republican-led state had been too aggressive in obtaining reimbursements from the feds for special education services it should have paid for itself. The problem, however, is that the Abbott regime ceased raising school funding in 2019, as I said already. Uh And teacher raises in money for repairs and new facilities have remained the same since that date. That is 2019. Mm. Now, dozens of school districts will lose at least $1 million in the next school year, including three that will face cuts of more than $10 million. God. And one San Antonio school will lose over $14 million. Mm. In 2022... The Texas Commission on Special Education Funding report to the 88th Texas Legislature stated that special education was already underfunded by more than $1.8 billion. The report also included a plan for revamping the funding formula to meet the needs of special education kids but the plan was ignored by Governor Greg Abbott and the Republican lawmakers who instead focused on taxpayer-funded private school vouchers. Special education needs are growing right along with the deficit. The number of students receiving special education services has increased more than 635,700, or more than 37% district simply can't keep up. These kids are among our most vulnerable. They can't do without these services. Providing them is not a choice, but a legal and moral obligation to the students, their families, and the taxpayers. Then there's another program, federal program called the WIC program. I'm not sure what what WIC stands for. In Texas, 227,000 parents, infants, and young children will be cut off from a federal nutrition program to help uh, pregnant women and new mothers afford essentials like formula, milk, and fresh produce. For the first time, Congress, that is the House of Representatives, has failed to provide the dollars needed to fund the program. Participation is higher than expected and rising, naturally. Texas women are forced to carry more babies to term, um, and that's why we have an increase in babies and need, just at a time when the poor among them need the most help. Their benefits will be cut for the first time in three decades. Congress is supposed to pass a spending bill today, that is, Friday the 19th of January, but a week, is not stipulated as a recipient. (coughs) Nationwide, more than 13 million children are right now living with hunger, a 44% increase in one year. And this is in the whole nation, not just Texas. The greatest impact is, of course, falling upon black, Hispanic, rural, and single-parent households. Texas has the second highest level of overall food insecurity in the nation. Note that, the second highest in the nation. WIC, uh, WIC supports the health and development of in- infants and young children while it helps participants improve their diets. Pregnant women on WIC Receive prenatal care earlier, and their children have more access to a doctor. Depriving them of this will have a long-term health will have long-term, term health implications for the next generation. WIC has had broad bipartisan support for the last 50 years, but not in Texas. So much for WIC. If the kids do make it through the rest of the winter and spring of 2024, a brand-new program is known as EBT is starting up. And here it is, a federal program. Uh, it is a new summer uh, food fund for needy kids, raising hopes that help might be on the way for Texas. The program will provide families living below the poverty level who receive free or reduced-price school lunches with $40 each month per eligible child. The funds come on electric benefit transfer cards, which are like uh, prepaid debit cards, to buy food at grocery stores or other approved retailers. The program offers $348 million in total food and could help feed around 2.9 million Texas kids, according to Feeding Texas, a San Antonio food bank. However, Governor Greg Abbott is rejecting it. Last Wednesday, uh, that was the 17th of January, the uh, Agriculture Department, that is the U.S. Agricultural Department, uh, announced that only 35 states, five U.S. territories, and four Native American tribes have signed on to the program by January 1st, which was the deadline. Texas Health and Human Services Commission spokesperson Tiffany Young said that not opting into the program came down to linguistics. No, I'm sorry, logistics. Uh, the, The U.S. Department of Agriculture released final rules for the new program on December 29th. There was not time to implement it this year since it could require coordination. It would require coordination between various state and federal agencies. That may be so, but only Republican-led states have refused to participate. The hunger gap is staggering in Texas, where nearly one in six households or more than 1.7 million families are food insecure. There's no room for partisan politics when addressing child hunger. Children didn't choose their circumstances or their elected officials. That concludes my news for the day about needy kids in one of our Republican states. But another matter caught my eye, and I'm adding a PS, a postscript about that. And we're back to the weather. Uh, Actually, it's a footnote not related to the beastly weather, although Mm -hmm. uh, crossing the Rio Grande in frigid water must be a foretaste of hell in any case. Claims of an open border are false, even harmful. They're Abbott's way of cozying up to Trump, and Congress is blackmailing the Biden administration into implementing harsher requirements on immigrants to discourage them. Harsh policies don't <clears throat> harsh policies don't stop arrivals at the border, however, <clears throat> but they have serious ne- negative consequences since asylum seekers are returned deadly situations back home. The U.S. should drop the credible fear screening. Uh, This is one of the interviews uh, that all these asylum seekers are subjected to, whether they have a credible fear of persecution in their home uh, environments. Uh, So we should stop credible fear screening and detentions and uh, we should streamline the incoming requirements, and Border Patrol needs increased funding for processing and reception. But Republicans want the chaos to reign on the border since it makes the Biden administration look bad and thus helps their cause. The battle between Abbott's Lone Star Project and the Federal Border Patrol has become a war. With 2.5 miles of the shore of the Rio Grande, right at Eagle Pass, <laughs> and it's the city park that's fenced off, by the way, by the um, by the um, uh, Lone Star uh, people, um, uh, and uh, the uh, the federal patrol, the patrol officers who uh, are supposed to be Um, taking care of the border, can't get to the park because it's fenced off and being patrolled by armed soldiers of the uh, Texas militia. Uh, So they can't, the, uh, the feds can't help immigrants who are struggling and drowning in the water. And so far, three persons, including a mother and two children have drowned while Lone Star soldiers looked on. And the Border Patrol struggled to gain entrance And they still are struggling to gain entrance to watch for other people in distress and being refused entry. And so uh, this is going right up again to the Supreme Court because it's a battle between states' rights, which was what the the South claims was the cause of the Civil War, uh, states' rights and the federal government. This was front page news this morning that Uh, this whole thing is blowing up right now. A few days ago, Governor Abbott was interviewed by someone named Dana Loesch, a former spokesperson for the National Rifle Association. She asked him, and I'm quoting her, like, what is the maximum amount of pressure that you as governor can implement to protect the border? Abbott answered, we are deploying every tool and strategy that we possibly can. The only thing that we're not doing is we're not shooting people who come across the border because, of course, the Biden administration would charge us with murder. Oh, my God. Wow. He seems to imply that without Biden's restraints, mass murder would be an acceptable option. The the heading for this report about the governor's reckless and cruel remark reads: "Does Abbott hear what he's saying?" And that's my report for the day. Wow,
0: wow! I almost don't know where to start. Uh, You know, first of all, the WIC program—whatever WIC stands uh, uh, for—is, you know, I guess a a, a ray of sunshine, right, Uh, for uh, for some. Uh, for some people, the EBT program, by the way, has been uh, uh, you know implemented into into New York. You see all over the. I don't know exactly what EBT um, is, but uh, it's. I thought it was kind of like a food stamp type um, <laughs> uh, a, a program, and <clears throat> I know it exists because at uh, at the registers in in um in supermarkets. Or in convenience stores, it'll say we accept EBT or we don't accept EBT. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So I assumed it was a uh, it, it was some type of some type of uh, uh, food stamp program.
1: Yes, indeed, that's what it is. It's for, it's for the summer, though. Yeah. At least according to the report I read.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh, the other thing is, you know, jumping ahead, jumping around here a little bit. I, I didn't even think of the weather as being a uh, uh an issue for the border is uh, isn't it amazing uh, my mind just didn't go there i was thinking more about <clears throat> the crops and the uh and the people that are just ill prepared for um uh, you know frosty weather uh, like what happened in in 2019 and you know as far as the grid went and and all of that uh, that was where my mind went when when you said you were having bad weather so when you when you're having bad weather um and you know there's a potential for uh you know dozens of people to die and which is uh, completely unacceptable but i i didn't even think of the uh, of the situation of uh of people crossing the rio grande in frigid temperatures um, it, yeah, it, it's it, it unfortunately, and shame on me for for even missing that, but I, I didn't even realize uh, what an issue that would be. There's probably people dying every day in the frigid temperatures. I mean it's it's got to be freezing.
1: Yes, yeah, I mean people down here are simply not used to and there's certainly not people who co- are coming from Latin America where, where it never gets cold. You know, central uh, uh, the south of uh, Mexico, um, where the land is low; it's on sea level, and they and further south, in the isthmus there, with all those countries, Um, it's just uh, unheard of to (laughs) uh, to have the temperature below seventy. I'm sure.
0: You know, I was Uh, in.
1: But but anyway, here in Texas. it's the same thing. We, uh, uh, I, uh, my husband and I came here in 1989 um, because he had Parkinson's disease and subsequently died of it, of course, as all Parkinson's do. And, uh, um, and we came down here because it would not be getting cold the way it was in Rochester, New York. Um, and he couldn't take the cold winters anymore. And uh, until very recently, we had uh, we had no cold weather and nothing special. I mean, it would go below 32 degrees maybe a, a day or two in January, but nothing severe until uh, 2021, and uh, that was the time that we've been here. Of course, there have been times before we came when it when it even snowed a couple of feet here in San Antonio and their pictures of it on the walls. say so it, it was so so rare but uh, as I said um, tropical plants palm trees and all the rest of that kind of vegetation have flourished here up until recently and uh, now they are really dying off they can't take it so some of the beauty of the city is being taken away
0: Uh, Yet there it's
1: uh, it's sporadic, and uh, and it is these wild swings in temperature are uh, they tell me caused by climate change? Yeah, of course we're going to have to expect it.
0: Yeah, well that's uh, that's what I was just going to say, and uh, yet there's still deniers of uh, of climate change, including uh, what was it, Scott Pruitt a couple years ago was our EPA. the uh, minister, or, or he was the uh, secretary of the uh, uh, Environmental Protection Agency, and he he was denying climate change, and and the uh, you know Trump administration, which I thought was uh, it w- was it was fairly um, shocking, and uh, these numbers that you mentioned, as far as the school districts uh, losing, uh, you know, ten million, even one was fourteen million. Um, uh, those are shocking numbers. I mean, you said them, you kind of rattled them off, and uh, you know, a million here, a million there. But it, when you got to 10 million and 14 million, I, I mean, I, it's it's just those it, it, it are unbelievable numbers.
1: Yeah, so it's over seven hundred and fifty million. <laughs> so, and that was that was during two thousand twenty-three. I have been looking for, uh, for that quote to to get the source of it and I have not been able to find it again but uh, I'm quoting it from memory so so t- take it with a little grain of salt but I I know that the the number is extremely high and and it was 700,000 something um yeah, so the time span may be off too it might be in the last two or three years but uh, nonetheless that is a whole a whole city moving in here Into into
0: our country. Yeah. I mean, you're not kidding. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is uh, as as crisis uh, time as you can get. And yet, uh, you know, Abbott is uh, is just concerned about um, protecting the the border. He he doesn't seem to have any. um, uh, By the way, the the quote from Abbott uh, about shooting them. Uh, is it, just completely off base. And, you know, if they shot him, they would be charged with, mar- you know, I, I, what a what a terrible statement for him to make. And uh, it just kind of shows how out of touch Greg Abbott
1: is. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, he, he is not really conscious. Uh, the headline says it. Does Abbott hear what he's saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He really doesn't seem to be aware of the effect that will have on a lot of people uh, who, who might be voting for him otherwise, who would say, well, a guy that crass and insensitive and willing, willing to murder people to keep them out of our country, uh, people who are coming up here because they are being persecuted at home, to the point where uh, they can't stand it anymore. Um, should we even consider voting for him? Uh, I mean, he's, he's harming himself with, with remarks like that. But, of course, what he was doing was trying to please this woman who was a spokesperson for the National Rifle Association. And he was thinking of, uh, of the uh, devotees of, of that organization when he said that yeah you do you know the, the the
0: frightening thing is that that it's successful uh his his rhetoric is succeeding yeah. I mean he beat Bedo rock with uh with uh dialogue like that out there in uh mm-hmm. you know in the mainstream and you know he's unapologetic i mean he's watching the master do it and that's trump uh Trump says some of the most outrageous things. And as long as he doesn't offend that base, um, mm, it, it doesn't right. seem it doesn't seem prudent to to care about it. It's terrible. I mean, it's a terrible, um, it, you know, I, I don't know, uh, thermometer or, or uh, a barometer of of what American politics is in certain areas. But uh, I, you know, right now in in Greg Abbott's. Um, war room, or his kitchen table, you know, kitchen cabinet, as they call it sometimes in politics. His people are saying, just keep doing what you're doing; it's working. You know, you <laughs> you're winning big. Your numbers are are big. Um, you know, all yes. decency mm-hmm. is out the window. You, you don't don't worry about decency. Don't worry about. Uh, you know caring about the people you you need to get yourself reelected elected and, and elected again and who knows maybe you'll be presidential <clears throat> material one day and, uh, and and just follow your hero Trump and it, it seems like uh, those are the words that he's hearing and, and it's successful
1: for him yeah yes I just hope it's not a majority of our citizens that feel like that uh well, it's enough to get him elected. You well, know. it's certainly enough uh, for the for rural America to elect him, because and also the uh, the evangelicals, uh, the evangelicals believe that uh, since since he is um, furthering their cause, namely uh, anti abortion, so their right to life. Uh, Right to life, by the way, is only about fetuses. It does not extend to children who are starving here in Texas, um, as I just pointed out at length, um, or or to the handicapped children. They uh, probably—God has shown his displeasure with them, so they shouldn't be here. (laughs) Um, uh, And um, they simply— thinks that he is an instrument of god uh no so no matter what he says or does he can rape as many women as he pleases he can um cheat as much on his taxes Uh, it doesn't matter because he is doing their will uh he is saving fetuses Um, and uh, and the fetus by the way is worth far more than the mother uh, it's okay if the mother dies, so long as you can save the, the, uh, the, the baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the, the adult in whom we have sunk uh, education and money and care and all the rest of it uh, is worthless than the unborn child. So uh, there, it, that, to me, is not right to life. Yeah,
0: well, you know, you, you want to know something? It, this morning, <clears throat> I was doing a uh, uh, a live broadcast as a guest of a uh, uh, of a host, and <clears throat> pardon me, pardon my voice here, but it occurred to me right in the middle of that broadcast. I I, I know this is a departure from what we were just talking about, but we, uh, you know, we we've mentioned, uh, you know. Uh, the uh, Supreme Court—we've mentioned, uh, you know, without mentioning the the uh, the exact phrase—but Roe v. Wade. Um, there is a there is a thought that came into my mind that the Supreme Court, who I do not believe is on Donald Trump's side, even though he appointed some of them. I don't yeah. think Brett Kavanaugh uh, has any use for him, or John Roberts has any use for him. <laughs> and quite frankly. People have been saying, you know, that uh, the Supreme Court could keep him off the ballot. But what occurred to me, and maybe this is old news to you that you've seen it, but I've never quite uh, verbalized it until this morning. But the the Roe v. Wade uh, ruling from Supreme Court, where they basically are allowing state states to decide for themselves whether or not... Um, uh, abortion should be legal that same dialogue that same not dialogue that same law um and and the the thinking could be used if supreme court decides to rule in. And, and by the way and i'm not I, again i i'm no expert on scotus or uh, or on uh, on their practices i'm not an attorney but consider this for a second i think and as a uh, I I think that there is a chance that the Supreme Court will make a ruling, and tell me what you think of this, they will make a ruling, uh, possibly, if Donald Trump is found guilty, guilty of a felony, they could use the same exact language that they used for abortion, that they used for Roe v. Wade, and say that each state, Could decide for themselves whether a candidate could be permitted on if uh, he or she has a felony uh, conviction. Now, again, he doesn't have a felony conviction yet, but uh, I I think smart money would say that he's going, you know, he, meaning former President Donald Trump, uh, that. I, I would think smart money would would be on the fact that he's going to have at least one felony conviction, right? I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get convicted somewhere along the line, and if he's con- yeah. Yeah. and if he's convicted, um, if he's convicted on on something that uh, that could be used for the Fourteenth Amendment argument, uh, in other words, uh, January sixth and the insurrection. If, yeah. if he is convicted of, of that, of uh, of inciting that, and Supreme Court wants to be consistent with their past arguments, they could say that it is up to each individual state to put them, to whether to put Trump on the ballot or not to put Trump on the ballot, and that the state could make that decision. Now, uh-huh. having said that, that means nothing in California, right? Because if Donald Trump's not on the ballot in California, what does it really matter? He's not going to win California. Republicans are not going to win California anyway. Uh, maybe you, you can say the same for Colorado. He's not going to. He's not going to uh, win there. But the first swing state that makes a ruling that he can't be on the ballot, whether it's Michigan, you know, now Arizona, uh, Georgia. Um, Wisconsin mm-hmm. Pennsylvania you know and I'm not saying any of these would but some of them might and the first swing state that would rule that somebody would a convict who's convicted of a crime a felony could could be kept off of the ballot in their own state um that could cause uh, cost him the election because then the Democrat doesn't need to spend any money on that state. it's a It's a victory before they even start. And the Republicans would be you know would be pulling out all stops to get Trump uh, to to decline to vote. I, I mean to run uh, because he, he would be a clear loser if uh, if he immediately has to write off certain swing states. Now, uh, what what do you think about that? I know it's far removed. It's a departure from what we were talking about. But what do you think about that? Uh, Supreme Court could actually make that same ruling and make it consistent with the Roe v. Wade argument.
1: Yes, uh, actually, I heard uh, one of the commentators weeks ago now bring that very point up, that uh, if, uh, if... the states are allowed, like Colorado, uh, are allowed to ban him from the ballot, and it goes all the way through all the states. It's going to cause chaos. Uh, there will be implications for the Electoral College. If if we want to keep the Electoral College, and of course, it would take an act of uh, uh, it would take an act of Congress to call all the states to vote on. The yeah, uh, the, the Electoral um, College isn't going
0: anywhere, you know, for but, now. It's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, but uh, but in any case, I think they are already uh, pretty much against the idea. Uh, now, as you say, the Supreme Court could still do it. <laughs> they still could. But I don't know what uh, what would happen. There, uh, there would be a judicial revolt against that. Uh, it would be the Supreme Court against uh, the Justice Department for instance I'm pretty sure uh, if such a thing were uh, were proclaimed by the Supreme Court uh, yeah it would it would cause chaos in the country and maybe a war I mean it would really, it would really be a mess well wow. so I, I don't I don't think the Supreme Court would dare do that. I, I don't know.
0: I'm st- I'm starting to wonder whether they would. I don't yeah, think he's got. I don't think he's got many friends on that. Even though he appointed them and made them Supreme Court justices, uh, um, I, uh, I I'm not I'm not convinced that they're in love with Trump.
1: Yeah. Well, you may be right. I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, but. But yes, I mean there is all kinds of danger uh, if if the Supreme Court goes completely rogue. um, In addition to what they did to Roe v. Wade and disregarding precedent um, and so forth and so on, as they have already. So yeah,
0: very interesting. It's a nightmare you brought us. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced it wouldn't happen. Uh, that being said, uh, that's a whole, that's a, that's a whole other show. Uh, that uh, you know, we'd need a whole other show and beyond to get into that. And it's all speculation at this point. What you brought up uh, from, from the weather, from, uh, from the, uh, the border, from the school districts, from. Texas, uh, creating a, a whole other city the size of Ithaca, New York, which is a, a sizable city, um, is is not speculation. That's reality. That's right here. And uh, we started with that. And and let's let's get a final thought from you, if you don't mind, Doc, on um, uh, on that. Uh, what what is the next thing? What is the next thing that uh, that we could? Uh, we could see due to the weather. Are you expecting to have a a harsh winter, uh, harsher than what it is now? And and what is the the worst thing that could happen?
1: Well, the worst thing, of course, would be a repeat of 2021. Although we have much more, uh, thanks to private enterprise uh, and business, uh, we have much more... um, solar energy and especially wind energy uh, texas is the top state in the nation in wind industry, uh, uh, energy <clears throat> excuse me so uh it it could be that we could limp through um, another week of uh, below uh, below thirty two weather uh, uh, persistently um, but uh, I'm praying that we will not have to do that so it's it's just a matter of, uh, of climate change and what it's going to bring us but I think we are more, uh, not because of our government, uh, because of the Abbott regime but because of private enterprise we might be able to squeak through
0: mm. and
1: uh, so there you are uh, I per personally have bought into something called big sun which is a solar farm i don't qualify for uh solar panels on my roof although i have lots of sun and texas has loads of sun but i have these huge live oak trees that are shading my house and i don't want to cut them down (laughs) and put solar panels in their place um, to to create energy. So I have bought uh, an acre or so of uh, solar panels in order to uh, help supply uh, power to uh, to our state and to ourselves, obviously, to keep us safe.
0: Mm. Well, listen, great job as always, Doc, and uh, stay safe, stay warm. Uh, it's strange to say that to somebody uh, from Texas, but uh, but try to stay warm if uh, if you can. And uh, boy, the, anybody who's not believing in climate change at this point, I don't know what to tell them.
1: Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it is, it's still a problem. Yeah. People still are saying, "Oh, it's just, it's just the planet; nature changes." No. Mm-hmm.
0: Certainly mm-hmm. certainly uh, uh, you know all the deniers are I hope they're getting fewer and far between, but it's it's still a problem. Doc, thank you very much.
1: You're most welcome.
0: And to everybody out there, we know you have a lot of choices, a lot of options. Uh, we appreciate you listening to us each and every week. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on the Florence Weinberg Show.